You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Can we just put our hands together once again for everyone who gave into that missions offering? It's making a huge... Can I swap? Thanks, team. This one's... Hello. You didn't even notice. So smooth. Um, Man, it's amazing to be able to not just raise enough to do the base level of what we wanted to do, but to actually go far beyond that and provide so much more. It's just amazing, man. You're such a generous church, and I love being part of something that's making a difference, not just here, but in, in the nations of the world. People will never see, will never meet, will never know. People will never probably come across this side of eternity, and I know they're just sitting there going, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Church. You're amazing. You're awesome. We love you so much. Welcome, everyone, online. It's so good to have you with us here in our online campus. Botany, can we put our hands together for online? Welcome them into the house. So good to have them here with us. Bex sends her regards. She is in Christchurch today. She's been down at Christchurch Replenish, and uh, she is currently watching with a few girls in her hotel room online. So welcome to church, Bex. If it's your first time, please let us know in the chat. It'd be great to um, just connect with you there. Uh, she's back tonight. We're going to have a great time. Tonight at 5 p.m., we've also got our good friend, Pastor Joel Ramsey with us. He's a healing evangelist. He's a great man of God, big friend of our church. He's here at our 5 p.m. service. Um, very soon, he's going to plant a church in, in uh, where, where's he going? He's going to, where's that place in Nashville, where they make the music in America, in Nashville, Tennessee. He's planting a church there, so we're so blessed to have him with us today. Welcome all our guests and visitors. Let's get into the Word today. Galatians chapter 5. If you have a Bible, grab it. If you have the Elam Christian Center app, you can find all the sermon notes in there, and uh, we're going to read from Galatians 5. It's also going to come up on the screen uh, for you, so you can follow along there. Really short little passage we're going to dive into deeply today. It says this. This is the Apostle Paul talking. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying truth? You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? I've called this message today, Who Cut In On You? Who Cut In On You? Have you ever been cut in on in traffic? I have. Do you know in some nations of the world, being cut in on traffic is no big deal. Ain't no thing. Like a little gentle beep just lets you know, hey, I'm coming. And you let people in. In New Zealand, however, if you cut in on us in traffic, we take that as a personal attack. That is right up there with the unforgivable sin. Like, you better watch yourself. Or, or if you're a new migrant to New Zealand, you've got to understand this. This is why we get so aggressive in traffic. Because we take it like you have offended our family four generations deep. If you cut in on us, we do not forgive that easily. We do not let that go easily. You ruin our day, and we, it just goes bad from there. I got cut in on the other day, and uh, I had a jam on my brakes. Because, you know, when someone cuts in on you, it can be dangerous. You know, you, gotta, you slam your brakes on, you got to move out the way or whatever. And the person behind me beeped at me like it was my fault. Brother, I love Jesus, but you beep at me, I will lose my salvation like that. If you're prepared to beep, be prepared to bleed. That's what I say. I'm just, uh, just uh, <laughs> pray, pray for your pastor. Oh, what's going on? If Bex were here right now, I can see her online going, oh my gosh, stop, please. 
Uh, when someone cuts in on you, it, like, it can be really off-putting. It can slow you down. It can trip you up. It can move you off track and out of your lane, and, and you can end up actually getting hurt by it. I used to run um, competitively as a teenager. Now, the key word there is used to. So stop tagging me in that Life FM's fastest pastor nonsense. It ain't happening. By the way, in our church, uh, I don't know if he's here today, Christian Duval, but he, uh, there's a young man in our church who won the Nash, Senior Boys National Secondary Schools Cross Country Championships last weekend. He's a freak of nature, and he's in our church. I prayed for him last, the week, the, before he went down, he goes, Pastor Steve, I need you to pray for me. So my prayers carried him through <laughs> to a national thought. He will never run another race without Pastor Steve praying for him. The anointing of God is strong just not for myself when it comes to running races. I used to run these races, and I, and I ran 800s, and so uh, in the race, you'd have a, a point in the race where you merge lanes, like all the lanes kind of come together, and some runners would just cut in on you, man. It can be really uh, like dangerous. You can get tripped up. You can get knocked over. You can get hurt. You can get pushed out of the race. It puts you off your rhythm. You can lose like your confidence in the race along the way. Like it can, All these kinds of things can happen, and I, I love that the Apostle Paul often refers to the Christian journey like a race, like running a race, and in this passage, his words are so He says, man, you were running so well. Like you were doing such a good job. You were following Jesus. You were loving God. You were serving him. You're like, you were full of faith, full of passion. You were running this race so good. What happened? Someone, something has cut in on your race and, and, and has messed up your race. It's put you off track. It's put you off course. And I think that's a really powerful question. And, it's a, and I, as I've been preparing and pr- praying into this message, I really feel like it's a question that got the, on the heart of God for a lot of people here today and those online that, man, you are running so good. You are doing so good for a season. I see this so often. You are doing so good. You are running, man. You're loving Jesus. You're following God. You're in his word. You're committed to the family of faith. You're part of a, a group of people who are loving Jesus. Like you were, you, you were growing. You were running. You were serving. You were passionate. You had zeal. You had fire. And then something happened. Something cut in on your race. And you tripped, you stumbled, you got hurt, you got offended, you got, like something happened, you you lost your confidence in the run, you got knocked off course, you got off track. Here's a little secret, the devil wants you off track. So don't be surprised when things come along and you're running for God and something comes in and just cuts in on your race, cuts in on your faith and causes you to get off track, to lose your confidence, to get hurt, to stumble, to fall, to stop running your race. And I want to encourage you, if something's cut in on you today, to get up and get running again. That's my heart, man. I want to encourage you today. I want to to stir you up in faith today to get up and get running again. What I want to do today is I actually want to explore two things that I see that are really common in the life of many believers that cause us to stumble when they cut in on our race. These are two really common things. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff that can cut in on your race, loads of it. But I want to look at these two things specifically today, and I want them to stir you and encourage you, but I also want them to prepare you so that when they show up in your race, you're not unaware, that you're ready for them. If you're a believer in the house, this is really important for you. If you are searching and looking for Jesus, if you're on a journey of faith, hopefully this will help you understand the journey of the Christian faith in a better way. So let's dive in today. Uh, I want to prepare you. First thing is this. The first thing I think that I see all the time that will try and cut in on your faith is this. Number one, unexpected storms. Unexpected storms. As a people group, we have a lot of grace for the weatherman. 
or the weather woman. Like if you and I had the success rate in our job that the weatherman does, you would have been fired a long time ago, right? Like imagine if your Uber driver had the same success rate. Where am I? I just brought you somewhere. You wanted to go somewhere? I bought you. What about your surgeon? Imagine your surgeon had a, came in for an appendix removal, leave without a lung. What? What do you want me to do? I took something out. I told you something was getting taken out, didn't I? Someone's going to have him. But so often life, like storms of life, like the weather, can be really hard to predict, hard to foresee. And, and you can be running your race. You can be loving God. You can be serving. You can be like on this great journey running your race of faith. And then out of nowhere, like a storm hits you. It's like, bam, like it just comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden you've been running well and then boom, a storm hits you. And you're like, I didn't see that coming. And it can cut in on your race. It can cut in on your faith. Maybe it's a marriage breakdown. Like I'm around, I'm loving Jesus and boom, like my relationship's in turmoil and craziness. Maybe it's like loss or grief or some kind of tragic event that goes on in your life, they're like, I'm going to run, and then boom, I didn't see that coming. It just like cuts in, and, and, and it can cause us to stumble and get off track, and maybe it's a trauma or a sickness that has cut in, like it just is a storm, and it's just wreaking havoc on your faith. Maybe it's an unanswered prayer. You're like, I'm loving God. I'm serving Him, and then why is this not getting answered? It creates a storm in your life, and it just cuts in. Maybe it's financial problems, a global pandemic, it's a storm of life that we've all, it, it amazes me how many people were running so good and then all it took was COVID-19. So what happened? Maybe a leader you know falls in sin. Maybe you've got, it's a family problem or employment problems, but you've been running so good. You're running for God. You're, you're living this life and then a storm comes. And my experience tells me that a storm can come and will come into your life. And so often it can cut in on your faith and cause you to trip, stumble, get knocked off course, get hurt, get, be, be stuck in a spot where you just get knocked down and you stay on the track. So you're not running the race anymore. You're just sitting there watching everyone run past you. You're like, I just can't get up from this thing. My question, friends, did a storm cut in on you? Somewhere along your journey, did a storm cut in? And that's caused you, man, you know, you, you were running real good. And then this thing happened. And it's like, man, I'm just stuck. I want to take us to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 38. Jesus um, tells his disciples to get in the boat and go with them across a lake. He says this. The day of that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took along, oh sorry, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, a storm, and the waves broke over the boat so that it nearly swamped the boat. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus told them to get in the boat. Jesus told them to go to the other side. Have you ever felt like that? It's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just following the, the call of God. I'm just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going and doing and living the life that Jesus told me to live. I, I, I met him, he called me, and I'm just doing this thing. And then all of a sudden, now I'm in a storm, and Jesus seems disinterested. It's like, you told me to go here, Lord. You told me to walk this journey with you. You told me to come this way, and now... Now where are you? You're asleep. How many often does it feel like when you're in the middle of a storm, it's like, God, are you awake? 
Are you awake to this? Do you even notice what's going on around me? This is crazy. This is difficult. I'm fearful. I'm worried. And I I don't know what to do. In fact, Jesus is asleep. It's like, God, wake up to my storm right now. Like, I'm in this, man. And, and, And can you imagine the disciples? We followed you into this boat. We, taught, we did what you told us to do, and now we're in a storm? Like, that's not what's supposed to happen when you follow Jesus, right? It's like, isn't following Jesus meant to be good and, and meant to be problem-free? Isn't it meant, like, he meant to look after you and take care of you, and, and now I feel like I'm all alone. You don't even care. This shouldn't even be happening. Friends, who said you can't have Jesus and a storm? Who said that? Who said you can't have Jesus and have a storm? Friends, I have had my fair share of unexpected storms in my life. I've I've been through, man, everyone does. But the beauty of the gospel message is that Jesus never left the boat. And you might be in the middle of a storm. Listen, and, and you have to understand this, otherwise a storm will trip you up. A storm will cut in on you. You've got to understand this. Be aware of this because a storm will come. I'm not, I'm not prophesying doom over you. I'm just saying storms come. Jesus told us storms come. And, and, and when storms come, like they will try and trip you up and cut in and knock you off and pull you off course. But see, this is the thing. The promise, Jesus' promise is not the absence of a storm. His promise is his presence and his peace in the midst of it. The presence of a storm doesn't equal the absence of God. In fact, it's right in the middle of the storm that often God reveals himself in a way you've never seen him before. And I love in this passage, Jesus gets up and he rebukes the storm and these guys go, who is this man that even the wind and waves obey him? They saw God in a way they'd never seen him before in the storm. It's like there's a revelation of God and who he is and his nature and his character and what he's like that you only discover in the midst of the storm. See, friend, don't let a storm cut in on your race. It'll try. It really will. It'll try. But here's my encouragement. Find God in the storm. Jesus never left your boat. And if you are in a storm right now, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Find a Christian who's weathered the storm. Like, find, find someone who's, who's been on the journey longer than you, who's weathered some storms, and go talk to them. Because right now, you're sitting there going, I don't even know where God is and what's going on. Go find that person, because they know where he is. They know how to find him in the midst of the storm. Get up, get back on track, get running again. If a storm's cut on you, just get running again. My second thought is this. My second thing that I see that cuts in on people is what I've called, number two, distracting doctrine distracting doctrine. Now, doctrine is a, is a fancy word that simply means uh, teaching or belief held by a particular body. So we would say that we have Christian biblical doctrine, which is our teaching, our beliefs. This is what we hold to as Christians and as a church. We have Christian beliefs, Christian teachings. That's what we would say are doctrine. Now, it's been really interesting to me over the last 12 to 18 months with all that's been going on in the world, with a global pandemic, with vaccines, with political unrest, with presidential elections, with changing culture and ideologies and all kinds of stuff going on, my Facebook Messenger inbox has never been fuller of videos that people send me. Now, maybe you don't have the same friends that I do, but these people just send me videos. And these videos would fit within the realm you might call conspiratorial. (laughs) I'm not saying they're conspiracies, but they just would fit within that umbrella. 
my Facebook inbox is red hot. Like, I get, honestly, it's crazy. They, they, they carry, the videos carry titles like this, the truth about those in power. Signs of the times, watch and share. Please share this information worldwide. Are you awake yet? I get these like daily, and that's just from the church staff. <laughs> just. Calm down. Get back to work. <laughs> I don't know if you're the same. Like, I'm just, I'm flooded daily. I literally woke up this morning. I had another one. I just like every single day I'm getting these videos. And, and, and most of the time I'm like, oh my gosh, another one. I'm not watching that. Four hours later, I'm down some deep YouTube rabbit hole that I do not want to be down. Like, get out, get out, get out. Here's what I've learned to do. Here's what I've learned to do. This is really important. I've learned to be aware of what is happening in the world. It's important. Don't be ignorant. Don't bury your head in the sand. Jesus said, be alert, be aware. Watch the signs of the times. Like, be aware of what's going on in the world. Be watchful. Do I think the world is going nuts? Yes. Is that my message? No. But too many well-meaning Christians have shifted the focal point of their message. Hear me out on this. I know this is going to hurt some Christians here today, but I love you. And buy you a coffee afterwards and rub you back. We have pastors that will look after you. <laughs> I had someone once come see me in my office. They're like, Pastor Steve, can I see you? I'm like, yeah, sweet. And, and they, they, they come to my office. And, like, and the very first thing they said, the very first thing was this. Do you believe we're living in the end times? No, hello. No, how are you? No, what's going on? Do you believe? And in that voice with that intensity, do you believe we're living in the end times? I'm like, well, if anyone is, we are. We're the furthest along. Like, no one's got, no, no one, like, if anyone has the right to say we are, we do, and looking at what's going on, maybe, his follow-up question was this, did you know the Pope is the Antichrist? I'm like, bro, this is intense, this is intense, like, we went like, whew, this went deep real far, I've had arguments with my wife that aren't this intense. Jokes, we don't fight, we're Christians. Like me and my wife, we, we don't fight, we don't fight. That was a joke. Bex isn't here today, but she would verify that, that we don't fight. We. The, the issue was, for this guy, that those issues had become his message. Those issues had been become the focal point, the driving narrative of his message. And the, the problem with distracting doctrine is it can cut in and replaces what should be the focal point of your life and message, and that is Jesus. Yeah. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Let's look at this. The Apostle Paul writing again. And, and I want, if you're a Bible underliner, get ready. If you're a circler, get ready. If you're a highlighter, rip that bad boy out and make sure it's light, bright. <laughs> I can just see Bex on the other side of the camera going, oh my gosh. Okay. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the, the shepherds or pastors and teachers. This is my job description, by the way. This is why I'm preaching this message. He gave them to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. If you're an underliner, that's, that's the one right there, Christ, Jesus. He's mentioned him right there. 
until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Who's that? It's Jesus. Underline it again. To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, underline that again, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, distracting doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Listen, there are events going on in the world, but I'm preaching the main event. The main event was that 2,000 years ago, God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, that my debt of sin is canceled, that I've been ransomed for all eternity, that my heavenly eternity is secure in him. I'm not going to preach every other wind of doctrine. I'm going to keep the main event the main event. Be alert to the world, but keep Jesus front and center. My foot just missed the beam there. That was awkward. I got it back. It almost got stuck there, and I almost got a cramp. (laughs) Band, you guys can come. Let's wrap this up. Be alert, be aware, but make sure your message is Jesus. Make sure the gospel message is still the gospel message. Make sure when you're talking to people, you're preaching Jesus. Not some other doctrine, not something else, Jesus. I can remember uh, a number of years ago, um, I had a guy come and knock on my door. Now, millennials, you won't know what that is because, <laughs> because we used to knock on people's doors to let them know we were outside. M- millennials don't know because this is what they do. Yo, I'm outside. It was, you used to knock. Oh, someone's there. I just want you to be aware when someone knocks on your door. Uh, I'd love to be there. What is that? (laughs) Who's here? How rude. They didn't even tell us they were here. (laughs) A text would have been fine. So anyway, a guy knocks on my door, and I go and answer the door. And he's like, can I tell you about God? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, start telling me about God. And, and, And I'm like, dude, it's great. I'm a pastor. And listen, no one ever believes me when I say that. No one. No one. I, I've had, I've had, I had this lady once. She was an older lady. She came to my door knocking around Christmas, and she was giving away, like, gospel flyers. She knocked on my door. Hey, I, I want to give you this. I was like, oh, that's great. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. She was like, take the flyer. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I was at an appointment the other day. She was like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a pastor. Like, I'm sorry, What? <laughs> No one ever believes me. Anyway, this guy didn't believe me. I'm a pastor. Okay. And he just goes on and starts telling me about God. I'm like, cool, let's talk. Let's, let's talk about God. I want to see what's going on here. This is fun. And then, and then like, he's saying, yeah, about God. I'm like, yeah, we're on the same page. And then it turned a corner. He was like, have you ever had a full Passover meal? I was like, no. He goes, well, then you can't get into heaven. I was like, Excuse me? <laughs> Unless you have a full Passover, a proper Jewish Passover meal, you can't get into heaven. I was like, oh. So I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus and through a special dinner. <laughs> and I'm guessing you know where I can find this special dinner. Am I right? I was like, dude, 
don't add to grace. You're adding law, you're adding requirements to the gospel. You've added, you've added a work to grace. It's not works, it's grace. It's not me doing something that makes me good. It's Jesus who did something on that cross that makes me good. It's, and this is exactly what Paul's talking about. He's like, in our passage, he's like, someone, you were running real good, but someone cut in on you and they added something to grace. You were running real good, and then all of a sudden, some doctrine, some distracting doctrine has got in on you, and you can go and read that passage to find out what that is. It's a secret, but you'll love it. It's, it's funny. He's like, you were running good, and then something, someone added something to you. Friends, run free, run well. Don't let distracting doctrine cut in on your faith and push you off course. Keep Jesus front and center. Keep the gospel at the center of all you are. He is the author of your faith. He's the perfecter of your faith. He's the finisher of your faith. And he is our message. Don't add to it. Don't add to it. So, friends, who cut in on you? You're running. Maybe you're running so good. And, and a storm hit you, cut in on you. Like, man, I haven't been the same since. I haven't, I haven't run this race well since. Or maybe you got distracted by some other doctrine, some distracting thing, or some world events have become the, the focal point of your faith, whereas like, maybe you just need to get Jesus back to the center. Maybe something else cut in on you. Maybe, maybe offense cut in on you. Like you were serving God, and then you got offended. And like offense just cut in. And unforgiveness cut in, and I tell you what, nothing will stop you running faster than offense. Because it's offense. <laughs> you run. Offense is like offense. It just stops you. It blocks you. That's not in my notes. That was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Revelation. Maybe someone let you down. Maybe, I don't know, something along the way just whew, cut it on you. And you know, like you can think back to when you were running real good. And, and I know you, you're thinking right now of other people. You're like, man, that person, I know that person. They were running good and now I don't even know where they are. That's cool. But God's interested in you. So yeah, I know that person, this message is for that person. <laughs> but maybe it's also for me. Maybe it's also for you. And maybe somewhere along the way, we were running good too. And we got a bit knocked off. We got off course. We got off track. Maybe we got out of our lane. Maybe we got hurt, tripped. Get up. Get back in the race. Get running again. Keep Jesus front and center. Can I pray for you, church? That'd be awesome. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, I thank you so much for the power of your word, that it prepares us to live this life for you. And I pray right now for any of us. Lord, we are all on this race of faith. We're all on this journey of faith each putting one foot in front of the other, running towards you, Lord, doing all the things that you call us to do, living the way you call us to live. Lord, it's like we're all in the big, this big run together. But sometimes things cut in and people cut in or events cut in and it can sidetrack us. It can knock us down. It can put us off track. And I pray right now, if any in this room have been cut in on, maybe by a storm, Lord, help us to understand the reality that, Lord, you may have even called us to run the way the storm, storm is coming, but you're with us in the storm. 
I pray that we would find your peace and your grace and your presence and a revelation of who you are in greater measure in the midst of that storm. And I pray, God, that for any of us who have been cut in on by distracting doctrine, maybe we are, maybe our mind and our heart is so occupied with world events or with some other thing that, Lord, it is, it is cut in and taking your place at the center of our faith. And I pray that we would just bring you back, Jesus as the focal point, the message, the Lord, the heartbeat of who we are is Jesus, is Christ. And God, I pray for anyone who has, maybe even right now sitting there, man, I've tri- I'm fallen, I've tripped, I've stumbled, I've been cut in on, and I haven't been running well for a long time. I pray that today is the day that they get up again and they get moving, just one foot in front of the other, starting to run the race of faith again. I pray you bless them as they do that they know your presence, your power, your provision in the midst of it all. Friends, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'd love to invite you. I'd love to extend an invitation to you to, to come to know him. Friends, God loves you. God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all sin. We all fall short of God's standard. And our sin, it separates us from, from God. God doesn't want that. God doesn't want us separated from him. And the, the payment for our sin, the debt of our sin is, is death. God in His grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon everything you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to you today, not judgment, but grace. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to clean yourself up. Just come as you are. Jesus accepts you as you are, broken, messed up. However you come, come. You can receive His free gift of grace. New life is what He brings you right here, right now. Get to walk into the plans God has for you. And then, friends, there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. If you're here today and you're not right with God, you've you've not placed your life in the hands of God before, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or maybe today you're like, Steve, I've done that before, but I'm far from God now, and I need to get right with Him. I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? Just say these words. Say, God, today. I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way, and I turn to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. Take control. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed. If you prayed that prayer... I'm really proud of you. And I want to invite you to take one little step of faith. I know you've prayed that prayer, but I want to put a little bit of action to your faith. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you pray that prayer either for the very first time or you're getting your life right with God today, I want you to be really brave right where you're sitting. And when I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it. I'm not doing that to embarrass you or stand you up, nothing like that. All I'll do is I'll see you, I'll acknowledge you, and you can put your hand straight back down. Are you ready, church? On the count of three, if you pray that prayer, be bold, be brave. One. Two, three, hands up nice and high right now saying, Steve, that's me. Yeah, God bless you, young lady. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, right down the back to my left. Thank you, guys. I see you. That's awesome. Yeah, right to the back to my right. I see you, brother. Thank you. Awesome. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. That's me. Hands up nice and high. Anyone online? If you're online, there's a button right now you can push that says, I raise my hand. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Just click that button. Our team will love, love, love to connect with you and help you on your journey. So proud of you. Just give it 10 more seconds. 
Awesome. God, we thank you so much for the work you're doing in this house. I pray you bless every single person who just said yes to you. I pray that they would keep their eyes focused on you, those in the room, and that one person online, we do see you. We thank you so much for that response. And God, I pray you bless them, fill them with your life today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's put our hands together for those people. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.